two, one, go. <laughs> Is that not how you're doing? <laughs> Is that not the proper way? Oh, boy. Is this not what the Mandalorian told us was the way? This is the way. This is the way. Welcome. This is the We're Watching Podcast. I'm Abby. I'm Alexia. (laughs) I have chocolate in my mouth, which is why I sound funky. I hit play as soon as she had the chocolate in her mouth and was unable to speak. I literally, like, stuck it in my cheek like a chipmunk, and she goes, and here we go! And I was like, are you kidding me? And we're starting now. Oh, man. How are well, you today? Well, you know. You know how I am today. I know. We've been hanging We've been... out nonstop for the last ever. We've been together all day. <laughs> pretty all, much. All yeah. weekend and all day. All weekend, all day. Abby took me along with her to work. I took meetings in the car because Central Time and Eastern Time are not the same. Yeah. Yep. And then she dropped her car. Dropped her car. Dropped your phone in the car while you were on the meeting. <laughs> I'm on the meeting. And it was like the one moment, luckily, that I was muted and also like not on video. And, and I'm just listening to my colleague speak and I'm screeching because my phone is somewhere underneath the seat and Abby's laughing and she's like, we're almost at the library. Can you imagine if you weren't muted, if you had not muted yourself before? Oh my God, that would have been a disaster. Because they would have, they would have just heard us go, fuck, fuck, fuck. We're almost there, we're almost there. I swear to God, we're almost at the library. You're like, oh, yeah, are you okay? Oh my god. Are you the thing is, they probably wouldn't have even questioned it. They've seen what a train wreck of a human I am. <laughs> like, well, something happened to Alexia. It's fine. It's Monday. Honestly, like, I mean, Chris probably thinks that I, like, actually kill people on this side. Although, you don't. I mean, anyway. <laughs> it's just silence. Um, although, one of she the other. The fifth. <laughs> one of the other hiring managers was like, we should. We will not kill Dave. And I was like, oh, we're so we're not going to kill him. And he was like, please don't kill me. And Christina is like, I'm not going to. You just need to know that we can like, it's I consider always, it. It's like it was always on, on the, the table. table. Shit. Ha! <laughs> Jinx. That was amazing. <laughs> that was amazing. This is how you know we've been together for so long. We've been together too long. This has gone on all weekend. Um, Murder's never off the table, though. Murder is always Especially on the table. Especially with Alexia. It's always like, murder? Yeah. Today? Yeah. One of my colleagues actually, like, I, somebody was sitting at the desk that I'd reserved. And I, keep in mind, it's not even the desk. I reserved the desk next to the desk that I want because we have to reserve every other desk because of COVID. So I just reserved the desk next to the desk that I want because the desk I want is on the end so that no one can sit anywhere near me, essentially, yes. is what it is. But somebody, even though I reserved that desk, somebody was sitting at that desk. Bitch. And I was, yeah. So I was peeved about it. And she, literally, my colleague just turns to me and she goes, murder? It's like, oh my God, she knows. Me. She knows. She knows. Every, anybody who knows Alexia knows murder is always the first option. It is. It might not be the most immediate option, but it's always the first option. It is. It is always the first option. <laughs> even if I don't mean it seriously, even if it's not even relevant to the conversation, murder is in so fact the murder? first option. Question mark? Yeah. But with an exclamation point at the end too, so the interrobang is just like murder? Murder? <laughs> with a very high inflection. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that's how our day's gone. It's a, it's been a good day. We had Jake Blake for lunch. We did. And then we watched the movie that we're going to talk about today, which is the 2006 smash box office hit that everybody <laughs> remembers and can talk about. The Covenant. The Covenant. The Covenant. <laughs> um... As we've mentioned in previous podcasts, although I can't remember if we've aired them because we are doing everything out of order oh, because yeah, I, I completely fucked it up. It was me. <laughs> I requested that we do Malignant early and we just really deviated from there. That's fine. But we, <laughs> as we've done. Um, but in previous, we have mentioned, whether you've heard it or not, uh, that The Covenant is our friendship movie. Actually, I think we did because Ariel texted me and was yes. like, The Friendship Movie. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh, God. Yeah, she texted me, um, I think, Friday, and she's like, are you guys watching The Covenant today? And I was like, hee, 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 you've listened to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess I got one and it was like, I'm just catching up, Bluebird. And I was like, oh, jeez. Yes. <laughs> um, we love you, Ariel. We love you so much. We love you so back. much. 
Ariel uh, is my uh, matron of honor in my wedding, and I love her. Yeah. We're the new triad here. Yes. And our names all start with A, so it's really very convenient. We're the, we, when we talk, it's the AAA meeting. Indeed, it is. What a good time. Anyway, so... <laughs> well, we watched The Covenant, and The Covenant, we've looked it up, and it came out September in 2006. The very beginning of September, and again, as I know that now, as I now know that we have mentioned on a yes. podcast that has aired already, um, this is our friendship movie. Abby and I had to have known each other maybe, maybe two three weeks. weeks. Barely. Because... A school that year, I think, started on August 23rd, and I remember mm-hmm. Josh saying that it was his, that it started on his birthday. <laughs> I, I don't know why. I, this is the shit that It's I always remember. the things that you never think you're going to remember, and you're like, of all things, I remember that. Yeah. That is the, that is the thing that I remember. Also, now I remember his birthday. Wow. Yay. Okay. Really throwing it back. I didn't think about that, but anyway, so <laughs> it was, you know, in the 20s of August mm-hmm. where we started school, and I think... I was in the state just long enough to start on the first day, mm-hmm. um, but we were not prepared because New England schools start way later. Mm-hmm. So we, yeah, we would have known each other maybe a couple of weeks, mm-hmm. and we went and saw this movie with a person I was also interested in at the time. Yeah, I, I can't know. remember. We you guys 14. had officially started dating, but it's the way that 14-year-olds date where you're just like, I like you, hold my hand. <laughs> yeah. And we'll, we'll see each other at school and nowhere else. And nowhere else. But like potentially at a movie, but where I bring my friend and it's really my friend and I on a date and you're the third wheel. <laughs> it really became like, I feel like he got that vibe where he was like, I'm the third wheel. He did. He even said something about it. Like at the movie. Like that was the best part of that. You know that scene in Twilight in New Moon where Mike is on one side with his hand up and Jacob's on the other side with his hand up and they're begging for... Bella's attention it's kind of like reverse where you and I were both like into it and what's his face was just like my hands out (laughs) nothing's happening (laughs) why am I here (laughs) you and I are like sharing snacks and getting all into it and like cooing over the hot guys and (laughs) he's just sitting in the corner so if you haven't watched The Covenant the best thing I can describe it is a, a young adult novel, a YA novel that has been transcribed into screen. It's not based on a novel. They did come out with a graphic novel before prequel, prequel before it was released, but the entire vibe is if you have read or have ever wanted to read YA novels, it is that to a T and it is so intense with the way that it portrays itself and it it's really so is. funny. It really is. So, uh synopsis, synopsis. For the covenant. We're going to keep doing that. It is like 11.30. Is it? I don't know what time it is. No, no it's 10 it's o'clock. 10 something. My computer's it's still off. It, my computer still thinks it's October 12th. <laughs> so frightening. It thought it was October 12th last night. It did, yeah. We didn't mention that in the podcast, though. No. Whenever this is released, it's uh, 11.28 p.m. on Tuesday, October 12th. Except for it's actually ten nineteen on October eighteenth. Uh, so you know, here we are. Here we are. Here anyway, we are. Um, Alexia, take it away with that synopsis. Synopsis. So, long story short, we are in the North Shore of New England, uh, Ipswich specifically. There are originally five families um, in the original, like witch the witch trials trials um but it's essentially five families that have quote unquote the power no one knows where capital it came t from. capital p thank you yes absolutely <laughs> the power <laughs> the power um so five families have descendants with that power uh one is killed off supposedly in the witch trials and then there are four young men um, who are at an elite boarding school in New England. They're known as the Ipswich Boys. No, they're the sons of sons Ipswich. of Ipswich. That's what it was. Ha! We just we literally just finished watching this movie, and you can tell I was like, "What?" Yeah. No, they were the sons of Ipswich. The sons of Ipswich, and one girl breathlessly says it like as they <laughs> enter of- as they enter a party in the woods. And one of them's her boyfriend, bonfires. like. 
you're gonna be like that when you're like and said, "Hey, there's my boyfriend." Yeah, it really was like. So I remember thinking, "What is happening?" And then all of a sudden, she runs them. It's like Pogue. Um. Anyway, anyway, sorry. Back to the synopsis. So, so there's so the four boys. Four boys. Um. Again, elite boarding school. They all have powers and are essentially witches. Although mm-hmm. I guess you know, in regular lore, they'd be wizards, but they go with witches because why the hell not? This movie was definitely meant for teen girls. Well, witch is a uh, gender neutral term. But this movie was definitely meant for teen girls. Oh, yes, we actually sure. asked that. We were sitting there watching yeah. it, and Abby's like, who is this for? Who Who is this movie made for? And we were like, mm, definitely teen girls. Teen girls. Yes. Yeah, 100%. And the they's. Yes. And the, the main character, he is about to ascend to his full power, which is the crux of the movie, where he's just on the brink of coming into himself as... A full-powered witch. Yeah, so they they get their powers, they get a taste of their powers uh, from 13 to 18, and they can use them kind of at free, in free will, but they are a weaker form of um, their, you know, future selves. Mm -hmm. Um, And then at 18, they ascend into their full power, but it also is completely tied to their life force. Mm -hmm. So using that power then becomes like a drug. It is addictive and it literally destroys your life because it is pulling from your timeline. Yeah, it's pulling your life essence away and your energy. and It is pulling from your timeline. So our main character, Caleb, he is about to ascend and is the eldest of the group. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, the de facto leader, as it were. And his father was one of those who could not handle the power and is literally rickety and... He is rotting away rotting, with yeah. every breath he takes. At the age of 44. Yep. So he meets this new girl who transferred in from a Boston public. And she's not like other girls. Not at all. Um, she's got <laughs> tramp, stamps and, tramp stamps and everything. Um, <laughs> not like other lame boarding school girls mm-hmm. in the North Shore. Anywho, um, so long story short, there's also a mysterious new boy at school. A whole bunch of, there's a young man who dies at the beginning um, Mm -hmm. at a party, party. and a whole bunch of supernatural things start to occur, mainly revolving around spiders and ghostly (laughs) apparitions they call darklings. Yes. Um, And ultimately, they discover that the new boy... Sebastian Stan. Sebastian fucking Stan. <laughs> Sebastian Stan is as as Chase is uh, actually a bastard descendant of Goody Pope, one of the women who supposedly was raped by John Putnam um, during the time of the witch trials, and he has been the actual first one to ascend who then killed his adoptive parents, found his biological father, who was a little too uh, late to warn him of how dangerous these powers can be. He becomes literally drunk with power, vows revenge on all of them. His father wills him his power, so he now, one, is dead, and two, Sebastian Stan is the most powerful witch of them all, Mm -hmm. um, and decides to just cause a whole bunch of havoc for these boys knowing that he is going to essentially seek vengeance for his parents, which just, I don't even understand that, but yeah. here we are. Here we are. So, long story short, there is a really epic battle between uh, Caleb and Chase. Caleb being the good guy, Chase being Sebastian Stan as the very attractive bad guy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, good prevails in the end because ultimately Caleb's douchey father, who was literally on his deathbed, wills him his powers after he ascends. So he ascends in the middle of the fight, gets his full-grown powers, then his father wills him his powers. So he's double-powered. So he's super-powered It's double powers versus double powers. It's basically a Dragon Ball Z showdown at the end. It really is. They're, <laughs> They're like floating in midair. Throwing balls throwing of invisible power at each other. Fascinating. <laughs> Just the whole concept. Um, he wins back Sarah. Everyone who has been wronged by Sebastian Stan as Chase is saved. Um, but he mysteriously disappears in a ball of flame, so we don't know whether he he was defeated forever or if he's just out in the ether somewhere. Because they never find a body. Never found his body. So yes, if that synopsis tells you anything, it is a YA novel. If you like car chases, if you like random jump scares, if you like moody teenage boys in swimsuits... 
I'm sorry, moody teenage boys that are jacked as hell. They were jacked as fuck. In literally, <laughs> in literally scraps of fabric across their genitalia. It is not even a swimsuit. There's Let's no stop wonder lying. why 14-year-old us was like, this is the best movie we've ever seen. <laughs> With all of those elements combined. It was we perfection. Were in love. And it was like this dark, like... At the time, pop punk was such mm-hmm. a thing, and it was this dark pop punk like oh, soundtrack. Yeah. Oh, we were suckers. We were suck- like the one thing I told Alexia earlier was like the the thing about this movie, as cheesy as it is, it keeps a vibe consistently. The aesthetic is established yep. in the opening credit titles, and they maintain it, even though the dialogue can be cheesy. Everything else is very cheesy. They understood the assignment with this entire movie. They did. Mm-hmm. They a hundred percent did. I, and it, you know, we acknowledge that it, it is not the best movie ever made, no. but it is so enjoyable. We love it, obviously. Like um, with uh, last week with Jennifer's body, it's like, yeah, the dialogue's outdated. Yes, the fashion is way outdated, but it's, it's not as it's not as outdated as Jennifer's body. Yeah, they they do say some slang, but it's definitely not as slang heavy as Jennifer's body was. I have to say, I think it's like the version. It's like the Midwest in Jennifer's body versus mm-hmm. New England where like mm-hmm. the fashion really hasn't changed much. It's like jackets and jeans and boots. Like we're very plain people. I also really love that um Sarah, you know, she was from Boston Public or yes. whatever. And the first time we meet her, she's wearing like mid thigh high rolled up shorts that are super low rise and then a crop top sweater. Mm-hmm. And it's like I don't think that's a Boston outfit. I can't confirm because I'm not from Boston. But it felt like it was like, okay. (laughs) It is. I've seen my niece, who's not really my niece. She's my cousin's daughter. But like (laughs) basically the same thing. I have seen her wear Wear very similar outfits, which is, uh, don't even get me started there. But yes, uh, that is actually still very much on trend. But they they definitely tried to make her look like she was... The, the outsider, Different. yeah, because um, yeah. Kate definitely had like the longer shirts, or like it wasn't that she was more prim; it was just she had the the Henley, the like yes, waffle knit yes, Henley, the Henleys. um, like mm-hmm. very evidently the kind where you can tell that they have money without actually looking like they have money. Yeah, it was a vibe. It was a vibe. It was a straight. We vibe. all wanted to go to that boarding school. Oh, where God, they yeah. didn't have fluorescent lighting. No, nope. God, heaven forbid. They seem to have a lot of room in their room. So much room. There was one teacher, no RAs, nothing. <laughs> All of their their like lecture halls were the same as like a medical scene where it looks like they're say, like in an operating theater. It made me think of uh, Frankenstein. Yeah, like that, yeah. One of the one of the many Frankenstein movies where he's looking down in his medical operating. Yeah. Except for they tried to make it. Modern by saying it was an English class and they were going to study Cormac McCarthy and Tim O'Brien and mm-hmm. Stephen King. Yeah, and uh, I, I did like the reference where um, What's-His-Face shouted, oh yeah, Dreamcatcher, where Dreamcatcher, if you've ever read that book, is about a group of young men finding their own and coming into themselves. Yeah. So I was like, that's kind of a cute reference. But then he goes, no, I chose The Shining. No, I chose The Shining, you fucking piece of shit. <laughs> So, so dark. Um, and also we like casually gloss over the fact that a kid literally dies at the beginning of the movie. I mean, it is, I guess people are aware of it, but there's like no mourning about it. No. Just like, eh. Except for they continue using his likeness for like the evil demon darkling things that they send, mm-hmm. that Sebastian Stan sends to the other characters mm-hmm. to be a warning of, it's like literally like a harbinger of fear. Yeah. Which I, th- that was like one of the first jump scares in the movie and I remember vividly when you and I were in the theater it's like um Caleb Caleb yeah is driving in his Mustang he glances over and there's the darkling and we both went in the the passenger seat of the car and then he like evaporates into like a skeletal mist and it's really it was intense at the time (laughs) I have to say like the CGI we like we were talking about this with the CGI it's like over the top but also still kind of good it's so Um, because at that point like once he's seen the darkling he has drifted over into the other side and is about to hit an oncoming 18 wheeler the tanker truck yeah 
Um, and he hits it and the car like breaks apart and he uses his powers to bring the car back together. And that was, was like, such oh, shit. a cool scene. It is. I still, it still holds up. You know what? Yeah, I agree. I still thought it was really, yeah. really bomb. And even like in the beginning when they're driving through the woods and they, um, they drive their car off the cliff. Like, it's still fun to watch it, like, fly down behind the cop car. Oh, God, and like, yeah. what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have to say the car chase scene is a really good one. Yeah. I and, will give it to them. And it's very more supernatural where their eyes, like, turn black when they use their power. But, mm-hmm. it, again, it wasn't too much, I think. It, it just shows you, like, that now they're using their power. Yeah. Well, I mean, they had to indicate yeah. it in some capacity. Otherwise, you're just like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah, in the same way that they have to use, like warped like somewhat visible balls of energy to explain why they're fighting like or how they're fighting yeah Yeah. they were just like all mentally just throwing things at each other that would have been even more lame right it somehow is better with the floating balls of energy oh yeah like i said it's very much like a dbz thing where you're like now they're floating in midair and throwing energy balls at each other (laughs) yeah it was so good oh and so the cast actually is un unknowingly impressive. I know. Because it's, I'm pretty sure it's Sebastian Stan's first full-length movie, Mm -hmm. which just, like, Sebastian Stan is now an American treasure, really. Um, Stephen Stray, the guy who plays Caleb, is in less, although Abby was like, oh, it's the guy from The Expanse! Yeah, as soon as he came on screen, I was like, oh my fucking God, that's where I feel like I know him from. Um, We in our friend group know him we reference. <laughs> we think he looks a lot like um, somebody in our friend group, and we're like, "Oh yeah, it's him." <laughs> but which, which, it's just hilarious. But um, wow! But I, was, I knew him from. But if you've watched The Expanse, that that's the main character is Holden. Uh, Holden. Why is their name always Holden? It's always Holden. Always Holden. Yeah. But I knew him from. <laughs> I remember him from after seeing The Covenant. He was in this movie called Undiscovered. With Ashley Simpson, which just... <laughs> but he had, like, long hair. Like, literally, like, Jacob Black in long Twilight hair. long hair. Um, so Abby was, like... Abby's actually seen, like, relevant recent things with him mm-hmm. in it. Um, and then I think he was also in 10,000 BC. Um, but then Laura Ramsey was yes. of She's, She's the, the Man, Man fame. Which is everyone's favorite teen movie, let's we be love, real. We, that's another one of our friendship movies. I cannot yeah. think of that movie without being like, Alexia, my favorite Scooter. <laughs> <laughs> I like cheese. It's Scooter. Heels are a male invention to make a woman's butt look, butt look smaller. And to make it harder for them to run away. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I was like waiting. Um, anyway, excellent movie. But yeah, and Laura so Ramsey is in that. Um, and then and, the other girl, what's her, what's her name? She was in um jessica lucas she yeah she was in um the recent remake of evil dead mm-hmm. um where our friends denny and greg dissect that movie on their podcast movies for when if you want to hear about how terrible of a nurse she is yeah she sucks <laughs> she sucks <laughs> it's a, quite a fun remake though um then we have taylor kitsch who has been in a variety of things but i know him best as well, I got most excited, I should say, not know him best, but got most excited of him as Gambit in uh, X-Men Origins Wolverine. It's embarrassing that I know exactly which movie it is. Um, he is also known for John Carter, his stint in Friday Night Lights. My sister loves him in Savages, the movie with Blake Lively and Aaron Taylor Johnson. Never seen it. Oh, heard of it. it's, a, it's a ride. It is a ride. Um, he was also in... Battleship, Lone Survivor, and a variety of other things. Yeah, um, this movie was kind of like a, a jumping pad for a lot of these actors. Yeah. The only one I like, and of course, Chase Crawford and from of course, Gossip Chase Girl. Crawford. Hashtag Gossip Well, Girl. he and um, Sebastian Stan were also Gossip Guys. Oh, that's right. Yeah, they were both Gossip Guys. They were guys. both Gossip Guys. Damn, I forgot about. I always forget that Sebastian Stan was in Gossip Girl because I liked him in so many other, other things, things that I forgot he was in. <laughs> I know. Um, And then the only thing I can think of, Toby Hemingway, who plays Reed, like the like snarky, foul-mouthed ver- like, version blonde, of them. blonde uh, Draco Malfoy look, look like. Literally, who's got like, I don't know, like a... I don't know. He looks like a guy who's Draco Malfoy, kind of punk, who wears flannel. He was the blueprint for all of the Draco fan fiction that was on the internet. 
Like Wattpad style. Oh my god. <laughs> because that is literally how people wrote Draco Malfoy was like this character. So here's the thing though. That actor, the only thing I can ever remember him being in was Taylor Swift's music video for mine. No. Yes. <laughs> oh yes. I rem- I have like vivid images of them in a rowboat. Oh like but I I was looking it up too and he's like in nothing really significant no. for me. I think he other did. than that. Other than the covenant. Like yeah. everything else, I'm like, I don't I've never seen it or I don't care about it. Looks it like looks he, like he was in Black Swan and I don't remember Black Swan enough, honestly. That was a whole I blacked out watching Black Swan with Sydney in uh oh the student union at UNC. So really? like, yeah, that's where we saw it. Um and I blacked out. I like don't remember. I wanna watch it movie. again because I remember watching it and I I was like, I think I get it, but I need to watch it again. Oh, I got it. I was just like, I can't handle, oh, I can't no. handle any of this right now. Mm-hmm. I'm going through a life crisis and I can't handle this. So I'm just going to like never remember Black Swan that. is not a movie if you're going through a life crisis. Honestly. Not really. It's, <laughs> it's really it's not, not the move, man. It's not the move, especially not for somebody who like actually danced the, yes. Oops. If you are going through a life crisis, however, please watch The Covenant. It will make you forget everything. It's magic. It, it's just so fun. And it is they, I feel like there are points where it does take itself very seriously, but the audience can never. So it just kind of creates that, like, well, I know you guys are trying very hard, but it's also just, like, relax. <laughs> <laughs> just please chill. Just chill out. Because it, it does, Be cool. it contains a whole lot of tropes that you've seen in every horror movie. But also every trope that you've seen in every teen drama exactly. movie. It's a great combination of the two. I, I loved it. I need to read a book that is similar to it so I can, like, accurately describe how it How it works. makes you feel. Yeah. <laughs> how it, makes, how you it feel. makes you feel. Because it includes, like, the plaid flannel. It's, like, definitely dark academia style. Yeah. Yeah. Which I love. It was... It was both relevant for its time and also somewhat ahead of its time. Oh, yeah. That's a bold statement. I, was bold, I mean, but I loved it. Yeah. I mean that again from the point of view of, like, a cheesy teen mm-hmm. movie. Um, personally, like, I still think our, our versions of cheesy teen movies in the 90s and 2000s were still better than the cheesy teen movies now. But yeah. again, I think that's more because it's the nostalgia factor. It is. Yeah. Oh, well. But... I do have to, I do have to say I enjoy the way that they have everything play out. Like we were talking about how we really, I mean, teen girls and us as teen Mm. girls specifically, we loved the movie because like it was a really hot guy Mm -hmm. who didn't know, either didn't know he was hot or like didn't care. He did not care one bit. Because he would just like throw off his shirt and be like, whatever. Yeah. Who had a bit of a savior complex. But was tortured inside also. He's, tort- it, he's had Very to... Very emotionally in tune. They, when they introduce him to Sarah, the concept <clears throat> of him to Sarah, um, he could... Sh- apparently, like, all the students are supposed to live at the boarding school, but his mother is a depressive alcoholic, and she he has to take care of her. And Sarah goes, wow, is he single? <laughs> Basically, literally. literally. She's like, oh, my God, is he single? But yeah. so it's like they present him as, like... He is a responsible young man, and every chance, especially in the very opening scene when we meet him, all of his friends immediately jump off a cliff, and he's like, guys, can y'all, like, not? Can we maybe not do that, So it's like, he's very, he's a sensible young man. He raised the standard for boys in our eyes. He's emotionally mature. He's emotionally mature, where he's like, Sarah, I like you. Let us be together. Well, he also introduces her and is like, hey, if you're going to be with me, this is what we're dealing with right now. This is the shit show that is my family. He but does. here's the thing. It's not that he, like, puts the moves on her and asks her out. No. They run into them at the pharmacy, and he asks her to run errands with him. Yeah. Which, frankly, is all any girl wants to hear. Mm-hmm. Do you want to run some errands with okay, me? Okay, so what I think is one of the most intimate things you can do is go grocery shopping or run errands with a person. Yeah. Because it really shows you their habits. It shows you their spending abilities, how they manage their time. It's, just, it's like a very intimate thing mm-hmm. where you guys could go into a store and have fun, but it's also just like, I'm here to get toothpaste and this and this and this. And it's just, like, this shows you a whole different side of somebody that you would not get at a bar. 
if you're Agreed. on a date with somebody. So I think that is such a good way to meet somebody. I think it's, yeah, I agree with all of those things. And also just as somebody who loves a casual mm-hmm. day, who likes an activity that doesn't necessarily involve the pressure of either being competitive mm-hmm. or... Um, you know, something like a movie where you're not talking to one another, you're just sitting in the dark. Um, the whole, do you want to run errands? It was just such a sweet and thoughtful and casual Where it it says, I want to spend time with you in a way that allows us to talk to each other, look at each other. Like you said, at a movie doesn't really work. And if you go to a restaurant, it's usually a little bit dim and you're just like sitting there uncomfortably. Whereas if you're shopping with someone, you have something to do with your hands, Mm -hmm. you can comment on something that you see and both like connect in that way that you can't do on a different in a different setting that's so, true he he did a really good job with that where he was just like i want to spend time with you this is how we're doing it yeah come run errands with me when guys and are, then come to meet my family even though when guys are up. direct when they're intentional and when they clearly show what they want Girls go fucking crazy over there. I know. God, it's so hot. It is the hottest thing. Other than those biceps, it's the hottest thing they can do. Yeah. Here's the thing. Like, like I would even I'd take the errands over the biceps. <laughs> exactly. I mean, as long as you don't look like you'd break in half if I hugged you. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm good. I'll take the errands. I love it. Wow. But no, this, this, when we were talking about who this movie was made for, it definitely does a weird thing where it objectifies both genders like there's a scene where they're in a bar for some reason these underage kids and (laughs) they they're playing pool or whatever they look over and this girl is leaning over with her super micro mini skirt and they start betting on what color her underwear is so it's like it's definitely like really cringy in that way but also they show these boys and like Super ripped in the tiniest micro swimsuits when oh, they're yeah. in their swim competition. And you're like, who is this movie made for? Everyone. It's made for everybody. We say it's teen girls, but it's everybody. This movie yeah. is made for everyone. All of all of the <laughs> all of the, <laughs> the sweet squishy souls on the inside. Um, it is. It is equally opportun. It, it is an equal opportunist objectification <laughs> movie. It encourages everybody to say yes. All of them. My sexuality oh. will be questioned in this movie. Oh, yeah. 100%. 100%. Everyone is hot. Unobjectively, everyone's hot. But it's also, too, like, they have those moments of objectification. But, again, those moments of, like, when um, Jessica's character, Kate, sorry, Kate is in the hospital mm-hmm. and Pogue's like, no, we can't. It's Kate. Like, I've got to go after her. And you're like, oh, Their relationship sweet. is so sweet. They, they only note that Alexi and I had on um, this couple, Pogue and Kate, was like, they apparently had a fight and were upset with each other, and we were like, what What was the fight about? Like, they didn't lead up to anything that was wrong with them. Uh-huh. Well, we knew, I mean, Sebastian Stan was clearly making his way on mm-hmm. into the group and used the girls as that leverage, mm-hmm. but, like, they happened, they did happen to go see a movie together, but that's only because, because Sarah ditched to go with Caleb and run errands. Yeah. So it's kind of like, well, I mean, Sarah kind of did it to you, but, um, you know, we come into the middle of this fight between Pogue and Kate where he's like, there's something wrong with him. He's like, definitely trying to also get with you. I don't trust him. Mm-hmm. Mer, mer, mer. And, uh, <laughs> and, um, you know, we, he just... She's like, you're ridiculous, and he storms off. And I'm like, cool. I would have loved to hear how this fight started, particularly because every time Pogue shows up somewhere, Kate, Kate so jumps up with, like, a, you know, teenage exuberance to be welcoming him. And like, oh, my gosh, hi, baby. So, she loves him and is so enamored with him at every chance. Yeah, from, like, her reverential... Um, reveal of the boys of it or the sons of Ipswich because she's the one who says it again even though her boyfriend is one of those boys um you know even from that moment on she looks at him with those doe eyes oh she's so Um, beautiful she is and she just has this gooey front the second he shows up so we really want to know where what the foundation was for this argument and like (laughs) 
whether it was actually just that he said he didn't trust him and didn't want her hanging out with him, or he actually thought that there was any way that he could make, that Sebastian Stan could make moves mm-hmm. on Kate and that she would be receptive to that. Right, yeah. Which was I, like, it was odd. It's unfounded. She loved him so much. And he is so devoted to her, too. And it's just like, this is such a nice little love story that's in here. Yeah. If this was an actual novel, I would want an extended chapters on that. A hundred percent. Extended. Really, the only the only real unrealistic element for me, out in in a story sense, right? Like, obviously, the supernatural fact oh, that they all have witches, that they're all witches and have powers and shit. I meant from like a no, no, interpersonal no, yes. perspective. <laughs> yes. From an interpersonal perspective, friends and neighbors, uh, the only thing I find unrealistic is that. Sarah and Caleb do think have spend a lot of the movie actively doing things with one another and that they're not found in a clinch in a closet making out constantly with constantly. one another because they're both incredibly hot individuals mm-hmm. and these are teenagers that we're supposed they would to be, be following. Yeah. But it has been established that Caleb is a sensitive individual and he would definitely he gives up the energy we have to wait until marriage. If there is that much testosterone <laughs> running through those veins to build that level of musculature, I do not believe for a second that they're not often in a closet somewhere together. It gives me the vibe of, like, Stephanie Meyer, where Edward <laughs> is supposed to be the hottest human on Earth, and he's just like, Stop, we can't have sex yet. It would ruin your purity. It will, it will damn your immortal soul. It will damn your immortal soul. God. I hope not, um, but maybe... Maybe not. If there's ever a goddamn fucking sequel. Here's the thing, and they, they say it. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> so. We had to look it up. We, we did I, a bunch of research. I did. Watching. Yeah, we, uh, as soon as it was over, Abby and I are on our phones. Um, <laughs> so, you know, they were talking about a sequel on Screen Rant. Uh, so I will quote this. Um, this, this article from Screen Rant uh, from 2019 which, of course, was pre-pandemic before the world exploded. Oh, and uh, they were talking about potentially, um, you know, making a sequel. And they they describe, they describe the covenant as the male version of the craft, which honestly is a really good... I mean, that makes sense. ...example. Minus dudes are like, let me use your girlfriend to get to you, whereas the craft, they were actively just trying to mess with each other. Mm -hmm. Um, Boys will be boys. I don't know. Uh, So, my favorite lines from this article are, despite being universally panned for its cheesy tone and poor script, The Covenant still proved to be something of a hit. The movie is (laughs) relentlessly silly and over the top, however, which is one reason it still has a cult following. Hi, Weird we're the cult, cult following. Yeah. They're, the cult is made up of two people, and they're talking to you right now. <laughs> it is, in fact, <laughs> us. Um, the Covenant ends with the suggestion to Chase survive the final showdown and may seek revenge. But while the movie performed respectably, there's been little sign of a follow-up in the years since. Um, yep. And it says that Stephen Strait suggested that um, prior to the movie's release that there, like, might be a sequel. Um, but that the studio was, it's likely the studio is waiting to see how it performed. Mm-hmm. Um, it did gross $60 million, which is respectable for oh, yeah. a teen drama. And their budget was like $20 million. So, you know, they were profitable. It was fine. Like, um, it, it was just the critics hated it, but yeah. clearly, well, like, enough people went there and was like, we enjoy this. Also, of course it was going to be critically panned. Of it's, course. It's a movie it's, marketed towards teen girls. But think about all the movies that are critically panned that are universally loved. Yeah. And it's like a lot of them don't become popular until after the fact or something. You yeah. know, it's just like, don't trust the critics immediately after the movie comes out. Listen to your friends. Go see a movie on a whim. Make yeah. your own judgments. For sure. But back to the sequel. Um, apparently, Sebastian Stan posted um, a reunion picture in 2016 of himself, Taylor Kitsch, Toby Hemingway, and Chase Crawford. So essentially everybody but Stephen Strait um, and the girls. 
and <laughs> joked that a sequel was coming in 2034. We were asking ourselves, do you think any of these guys regret this movie? And read it, listening to that, it definitely sounds like Stephen Strait's like, don't even mention that movie to me because I am embarrassed. You know what? No, he should be more embarrassed by Undiscovered, okay? <laughs> he should be completely fine and happy with the way he is portrayed in The Covenant, and he should be embarrassed by Dude, Undiscovered. Even though he does have a beautiful voice, I will give so, him that. Oh, yeah, the deep, rusty voice. Yeah, but I mean, that's that the fact that his hair was long enough to actually look like Jacob Black from Twilight is, like, mildly concerning. That was the look at the time. It was, but it it didn't work for him. He is no. much better as a clean-cut individual. He just has, he has the nice eyebrows. Yeah. And we were commenting on his lips earlier. <laughs> we were. Well, it was like it's every time structure. you read, uh, like, most romance novels or novels that include romance, they mention, like, the men's facial features and, like, he had nice thick lips. And in my, mentally, I go, ew. But now that, you know, seeing Stephen Strait and men who look similar to that, I'm like, I get it. But when I mentally picture, I'm like, ew. Yeah, the, ju- the juicy lips. Sound- yeah, it sounds terrible in theory, but is actually quite But is actually attractive very attractive. attractive. So, again, family, in practice, not in theory. Um, they just don't describe it right, I think. Because I'm just like, what? Okay. Okay. So. Mention his eyebrows to me. I'll be like, oh, my God. Mention his eyebrows. I love eyebrows. That's true. Men he gets can- some good hands and forms and some eyebrows. Sold. Yeah, I agree, but, like, I'm usually shoulders and upper arms. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the back. Let's objectify men on this podcast. All right. I mean, <laughs> I'm here for that. Let's do it. I mean, God knows most of horror films are mad objectification of women, so oh, yeah. I'm here for our our mutual appreciation. And like we said, this movie encourages it. It, it goes, does. Look at these fine specimens. Like there's an entire <laughs> bathroom scene in the men's locker room where they're all stark ass naked and like slapping each other on the butt. And it's just mm-hmm. like, this movie just said, look, take a look, open your eyeballs and fucking look. At there this. it is. They do have a scene like that with Laura Ramsey too mm-hmm. at the beginning, in the beginning where she's coming, they're coming back from the party and, She's in the shower, and they have a whole, a whole like shower outline scene, but also mm-hmm. for her from the back. Which, again, she has a banging body, but you can actually. I remember being horrified when I not horrified, but shocked when I saw it the first time because she like, plays oh, a teenager so well. And I, I'd seen her, and she's the man mm-hmm. maybe a year before, and she actually has like mad back tattoos and a tramp stamp. Right, the tramp stamp. I it wonder if she still stamp. has it. Probably. I mean, why would you get rid of that? I was gonna say I can't imagine. It's not. Why. It's not like it's a bad tramp stamp. It's no. a little sun, right at the very base of her lower back, mm-hmm. and then she's got a cross between her shoulder blades, mm-hmm. like a significantly large one. Though, yeah, not just like a two lines that You're look like sticks. It's ugh. it's pretty substantial. <laughs> um, which is ironic because I was looking it up, and she's only five three, so she's. An, an inch taller than me. She's very little, so that's she pretty large She looks like somebody tattoos. who would be 5'6 or something. I know, I she agree. Like the, maybe blondes. Maybe it's just blondes. Maybe. But also, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm trying to think of her and she's the man. And she was shorter than Amanda Bynes. I was going to say, how tall is Amanda Bynes? Is she 5'1 then? No, she was tall. No. Ama- sorry, Amanda Bynes was taller than Laura Ramsey. That's right, because Amanda Bynes is longer. And, but also, they were... Wearing heels half the movie, and then when one's wearing heels and the other's not, and then they both are, it's hard to tell what their actual heights are. Is this how guys feel in real life? Chew like you have a secret. <laughs> <laughs> we are obsessed uh, with the heights, though. <laughs> We're just like, how tall are they? <laughs> I am. I am. I didn't realize I was obsessed with heights until I met the team that I support at work in real life, and I was shocked Either, either it confirmed my suspicions, people showed up exactly how I thought they were going to, or I was shocked, and then a lot of my team is very tall. <laughs> um, so it was, yeah, I yeah. am obsessed with heights. And again, as a short person, uh, it's really, it's imperative yeah. to, to me to know. Yeah. Or it's like, how tall are you? I always look it up when I'm watching a movie. And I'm not at a movie theater. I'm like, how tall is Dwayne The Rock Johnson? He is six foot six. Jesus fucking Christ. (laughs) (laughs) It's always a surprise. (laughs) It is. I think it's, it's really interesting to have that context too, though, just because like the, 
the boys, when they're swimming, they look like typical swimmers in that they are longer and lanky everywhere except for their arms, arms and shoulders. And shoulders. So they do look theoretically like you could swim. Although, you know, then you pan at Chase Crawford and Toby Hemingway and they're like a lot They're thinner. a little bit, yeah. They look more like the more physical like... embodiment of teenagers. And, and honestly, it probably depends on how old they actually were when that movie yeah, came exactly. out. Yeah, exactly. Because they were, some of them were decently young yeah. when that movie debuted. Well, I think I remember reading that Stephen Strait was actually the youngest actor in the group. The boy, the sons of it, switch like he was the youngest one there, even though he was portraying it the oldest one. So I thought that was interesting, but yeah, it's like all of the physiques. He looked the youngest though, <laughs> in the, the face. Baby. But yeah, it's like all the physiques. You you wouldn't look at them and be like, oh no, he's a football player. Like, what is he doing trying to be a uh, swimmer? So I thought that was kind of good of them to be like. What yeah. sport do we make them play? <laughs> what sport? We, we got ball. all these Hollister models. What do we make them do? It's swimmers. Okay, Stephen Strait is 35 now. <gasps> Stop. Yeah, he's only six years older than Stop. us. Stop. <laughs> That's crazy. Okay. Um. So, and then Sebastian Stan's 39. What? Laura Ramsey's 38. I knew Sebastian Stan was older, even though I still think he's How is the he best. that close to 40? I don't know. I really love him, though, so oh, I will yeah. take it. Whatever. That's fine. It's only 10 years. What's 10 years? Um, <laughs> less than 10 years. Less than 10 years. 38. Yeah, so it's it's like seven and a half years, and I will take Alexia's it. Alexia's going to marry that man. I will. Yeah. I've said I'm going to marry a lot of people this, this mm-hmm. past month. That's fine. Um, Taylor Kitsch is officially 40. And Chase Crawford is 36. Okay. So he's not that much older. Yeah. Um, and then Toby Hemingway is 38. Let's see how old Jessica Lucas is. 36. Okay. Aww. So they were all be- they're all between the ages of like 35 to 40. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're... But that would have been a, that's a pretty large age difference when the movie came out. So, yeah. Stephen Strait was born in 86, um, 2000, okay, so he was 20. Yeah, so he was 20. If, when the movie debuted, it may not even have been when they, when they shot and filmed the movie, mm-hmm. depending on how long the difference was between them creating it and it coming out. Um, so he was, he was young. He was young. He was young. But, yeah, they're definitely not 17, oh my God. and they don't look it. No wonder we had body dysmorphia and issues. I we didn't. Like, I, yeah, I didn't have body dysmorphia oh, in high school. Jesus. Nope. Right. I like, didn't even think about my body. Growing up as like, the fat kid, where I was just like, I am hyper aware of every girl's body everywhere I'm at, and I feel bad at all times. I mean, we're having the swapsies because I feel that way in adulthood. Oh, yeah. But, I, yeah, I didn't think about... I mean, I did. I knew that I wasn't, like, tall, and I guess I was a dancer. So mm-hmm. my real desire was to be tall and have no boobs, <laughs> and just like my dancer friends. Oh, and yeah. I was very short comparatively and also well-endowed comparatively. Um, honestly, not even comparatively, just generally, but... I didn't, other than that, other than thinking about whether my body was in tune for the sport that I wanted to play, I didn't think about mm. how I looked, really. I was hyper aware of literally everybody's body compared to mine. I'm so sorry. Miserable. That is tragic. The, the mid and early 2000s were a bad time if you were over 120 pounds. Honestly, they were a bad time fashion-wise for mm-hmm. everyone. Because it's like, they were like low-rise jeans, Ugh. nothing has stretch in it, so no. fuck you. And yeah, no. crop tops, and I was like, I can't wear this shit, so baggy it is. Okay, pants cut into my quote-unquote stomach. Mm-hmm. Uh, even There's though, no stretch to them whatsoever. Yeah. I like looked back at a pair of those terrible, we went to a private school, uh, much, not like, I mean, much like, but also not like those in the movie, mm-hmm. um, because ours was not a boarding school, it was in fact a day school, but we had, um, we had a very strict dress code when we started. It relaxed over the course of time of us being there. And it is <laughs> very... eventually didn't care anymore. Yeah, it is very relaxed now. But, um, like, my best friend would get... A, my Our other best friend, 
I don't want to say my best friend because you're my best friend and we went to high school together. But <laughs> other best friend. Other best friend. Um, she would wear freaking tube tops to school and no one would say shit to her. Because and I'd have so a skinny. and I'd have a literal collared shirt on with like things covering it and I'd still get docked for cleavage. Mm-hmm. It was bullshit. Anyway. The point being, like, we had really unflattering outfits to begin with. So it was, like, Bermuda shorts if you wore... Like, you could wear shorts, but they were Bermuda shorts. And mine were, like, a double zero. And I still remember being upset because they cut into my stomach in a very unflattering style. You're just like, why? Yeah. And it was more that it was, like, painful when I sat down Mm -hmm. than anything else. Oh, yeah. They were ugly. That's awful. Oh, and collared shirts. That was a rough one, too. Yeah, actually, thinking back, these kids have uniforms mm-hmm. in in the Covenant, right? Yeah, they have the, the plaid skirts, the navy blazers. They might have just used the same uniforms from uh, She's a Man. And just <laughs> Honestly? Probably. Probably. At Props Department. Yeah, I mean, why not re- why not reuse what you got? I also really love that the library stocked... A very old witch's book that was like leather bound and clearly from the 1600s because she Sarah checked it out of the <laughs> library. No, but that's New England for you though. But it's just like that is fucking hilarious that the librarian would not be like, I have to watch this with you and make sure that you don't get your grubby little fingers on this and ruin this <laughs> because I hate you. <laughs> you are a child and you need constant supervision. <laughs> I mean, fair. It is New England, though. I mean, there are tons of old or used bookstores that actually have hidden gems there. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, th- a book that old is oh, yeah. unlikely, but it is not unlikely to find older, maybe even second edition mm-hmm. books as a pretty common practice. Yeah. But if that librarian had been an actual librarian who gave a shit and was an archivist she would have been like you're not touching this book <laughs> it wouldn't have existed no it would <laughs> but not I, just have thought, I was like laughing at that she's like studying real hard in the library with her little headband on she's like I'm studious I mean my favorite is still the book of damnation yes that they just they have a casual spiral staircase into a basement that looks like it is an underground crypt really and they're all sitting around a casually fire. stoked fire with their books surrounding them, and the book just comes off the shelf. Yeah. I love it. The Book of the Dance. See, the aesthetics book in this movie are just uh, perfect and consistent, and I loved it. Yeah. God, we love this movie. Is it good? No. I mean... Kind of. You know, as far as, like, teen dramas with horror elements go, not bad. Yeah, I will say, That's like, the action great. sequences are fun. Um, what's his name? The blonde one had a really good time. Like, he loved his, his script. He was, like, Toby Hemingway. It. He loved yeah. it. So it was just, like, that made it fun. It was just, it, and it's, like, the plot is consistent, and there's, like, nothing really confusing about it, at least. No. So. Yeah, it's very straightforward. It's a, it's a very straightforward movie. It kind of cares a little bit too much about itself but that's fine <laughs> i mean didn't every movie in oh, the 2000s yeah. though so it's just like it, it was just fun we it's love this movie time. so please watch this movie just sit down with a glass of wine and enjoy it yeah it's very quotable it really is harry potter can kiss my ass is probably one of the most quotable lines I've ever heard in my life. See, w- meanwhile, Gabby and I also walked the halls being like, I'm gonna make you my weatch. <laughs> oh, that was back the day when we called everybody a biatch. Poor Sebastian Stan having to utter those he lines. He said those words with such, like, with his full chest, he said that. He did. He committed. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna make you my weatch. The thing is, like, he really, he <laughs> rolled with it. He just, he... He is the one who understood the assignment. Oh yeah, he was like, "I'm." I guarantee you. (laughs) I guarantee you, Toby Hemingway was like high for all of his acting as Reed, but I guarantee you that Sebastian Stan just did it fully committed. I am committed to this, and look where he is now. I know. When you commit to something, you can go far. Sebastian Stan. He was a great villain. I got to give it to him. He was. I mean, he was attractive. 
the girls like literally make mention at the mm-hmm. beginning. Because like, he was the first. That? He was the first one that where they went. Who is that? Yeah, Dear boy. I intend to find out. <laughs> Kate said when she had a full ass boyfriend coming to the same party. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> she said I intend to find. I out. intend to find out. I honestly, I will say too. Like the girl dialogue is good. Yeah, it's not like super cringy. Like it is stuff that girls would probably talk about. Yeah. I would honestly say it was probably some of the most casual, normal dialogue in this whole movie. And they didn't add, like, texting conversation into it either, where, you know, somebody looks at you and go, LOL. I don't know if you've read the book. Why would they have done that? I don't know if you've read the newish book series Crave by Tracy Wolf. No. It's a new No, I didn't want to. It's a new vampire series, and I could not even get, like, a chapter in because... The way that these teenagers talk to each other is the most cringy thing. <laughs> where she would say FML out loud. We did stuff like but that. It, it's it, the way that they, it's presented is not even casual. It's literally just like, and WTF was that? Is her inner monologue? Oh no! As her inner fucking monologue, she talks like that, and it's like, stop. I know you're trying to be relatable to teens, <laughs> but it's not working, and you need to stop. Also that. To, that I read a synopsis of the book series, and it is the most off the walls thing. There are dragons involved. <laughs> She's in like a boarding school in Alaska. A boy she likes is a vampire, and he takes her flying amongst the uh, aurora borealis. Okay, <laughs> it sounds like you. It's a oh my god, you're not selling me on this book at all. It sounds like a combination of a John Green novel and something by like Phyllis Reynolds Naylor or like who was the woman who did um, who did Ella Enchanted and yes. uh, the Two Princesses of Bamar because that's what that reminds me of. It is truly the most horrendous book. <laughs> There's one person that I follow on TikTok, and she normally does t- uh, Twilight discussions, but she read the Crave book, and she was like, I have to tell you guys how awful this book is. 1,000 out of 10, I would recommend reading it. <laughs> I would recommend it only because it's bad. Because it is so horrible. That's that's upsetting. I know. I don't like that. That's what makes me afraid to publish anything where I'm just like, what if people talk about it like that? I can't do it. (laughs) I'm sorry. If you're not gonna text dialogue and inner monologue. I'm just saying. No. That's not what would happen. No. We I know better than that. I was gonna say you're better than that. You're welcome. As somebody who enjoys reading voraciously but does not write, Mm -hmm. I can honestly tell you I trust you. More than that. Mm-hmm. I trust okay. you not to do that. Uh, there's so much power in my hands right now. I don't know what to do with it. Bask, <laughs> bask, bask in it. Re- revel in the joy of having that power. Okay. Do it. I'm excited for us to pick a book for this movie. Oh, this one's going to be batshit bonkers, too. Mm-hmm. This movie isn't batshit bonkers. I mean, yeah, but... But it's not as crazy as, like, say, Malignant or Jennifer's Body was. No, that's what I'm saying. It's not bad. Mm -hmm. The movie in itself is not really bad shit bonkers. No. But I feel like we could go really crazy with the book recommendations. Heck yes. As we... And, like, if you know Abby and I in our real lives, you know that we have a book recommendation for pretty much everything. Yes. Uh, We post a a book recommendation per episode on our Instagram, so if you want to read something that's similar... Or just something new in your life, then uh, check us out on Instagram. At uh, I guess I should finish that thought. <laughs> I, you have it memorized. I don't. Um, our Instagram is we're watching horror, so it's W E R E watching horror, and um, our uh, Facebook is just we're watching podcast. Our Twitter is we're is watching underscore horror. I always get that one mixed up. And then if you have any of your own recommendations or comments, please email us. Our email is wearewatchingpod at gmail.com. Seriously, recommend stuff because we there's nothing. Yeah, there's nothing better than watching something because somebody else got really excited about it. And then you want to 
I mean, I get really excited to, to share things with people or like make recommendations. Actually, one of my sweet data science team members asked for a recommendation and I already got, I already get really excited about stuff like that. I think I actually already mentioned this in the previous pod, but it does, it brings us joy to share our excitement with others and to see others' excitement at the things that we enjoy. And that's the reason for this podcast, because we just get excited about the movies that we watch and we want to share it with others. And if we can get anything from you guys listening, that will bring us a lot of joy. Just want to make a connection with people who want to watch horror in the way that we watch horror. Absolutely. Which in many cases is, you know, with food, with drink, with blankets and things to hide behind, (laughs) with actual laughter, with literal shrieking. With shrieks of giggles. With company, without company. Mm -hmm. Scaring each other, scaring ourselves, not being scared at all, and wondering why we bothered to watch. Watching something silly just for the sake of watching is something silly. Mm-hmm. We had a running dialogue going while watching, while watching. Uh, while watching the Covenant, and I was like, "We maybe need to table this <laughs> um, because again, we've seen it so many times that mm-hmm. we're both." Like, back and forth. And even at one point, we're both on our phones. And I said something, and Abby was like, how do you even know? And I said, because I've memorized this movie. I know exactly what's happening. Exactly. Because she goes, why is he being, how does, how, do they, how does he know he's being called to, to the, the dean's office? <laughs> like, because somebody came in with a note that like, oh, said shit. so. I wasn't paying attention. But I wasn't either. I just remember <laughs> that from the movie, because we've watched it enough times. Mm-hmm. God. God help us all. Um, if you have a movie that's like that, that you watch religiously in the realm of the horror genre, please let us know. We would love to watch it as well. We absolutely would. Please give us comments, uh, rate and review, subscribe, all that fun stuff. We post a new episode every Wednesday. And we have a lot more content on our Instagram, so please engage with us there. AKA Abby puts content on our Instagram <laughs> and I engage Yay! with it, which is essentially like it and then share it. Um, again, for those of you who don't regularly listen to us, Abby is responsible <laughs> for all of the creativity in any of this. I show up, watch the movies and talk, which is, you know, the crux of this. It isn't it though. Is. She does a lot more. (laughs) She does a lot more. I'm just throwing that out there. Um, Yeah. Thanks for joining us for a a very nostalgic Mm -hmm. trip for us. It was only right that spooky season include our favorite uh, friendship defining pseudo horror film that we highly encourage you to watch. If only for the pure entertainment factor exactly and i think this episode will come out on october 27th so oh right before halloween so i hope you guys have a fun and safe halloween uh don't drink and drive please don't Uh, oh we didn't even mention that this movie was an allegory for drug abuse it really was an allegory for drug abuse it was because the power sucked all the life and sustenance out of you, and they literally call it addicting. As soon as you start using the power after your ascension, you become addicted to it, and it ruins your, your life. Okay, sorry. I literally, like, you gasped <laughs> and looked at Abby. Um, first and foremost, yes, because they call it using, and they're like, I didn't mm-hmm. use. And I, that, was the one, that was the one thing I really meant to mention, was that Sebastian Stan just comes in knowing the lingo, and mm-hmm. he's like, I was using all the time. And I'm like, how do you know that they call it using? using. They just automatic. he immediately came in and used the same colloquialisms, and I was just like, okay, but did he really know? He just casually came in knowing exactly how Everything. they refer to it. But yes, they constantly refer to it as using. I didn't use last mm-hmm. night. I felt someone use last night. Oh, yeah. And uh, Caleb gets in a fight with um, Reed. Reed. 
I keep forgetting his name. No, it's and so, fine. and he's like, "Don't you fucking get it, you dumbass!" Like, the more you use this power, the more it ruins you. The it more is, addictive it becomes. The more addictive too. it becomes, and you are ruining your own life by doing this, and you're gonna go down a very bad path with this. So it's like, the more you watch this, you're like, "This is just an anti-drug PSA." Yeah, the Dare people are really proud of this movie. Oh yeah, they love it again. <laughs> probably also, <laughs> probably also, why it was marketed to teenagers. Yeah, thank you. So on that note, please be safe on Halloween. Don't <laughs> don't overdose on anything for the love of God. Don't. Uh, yeah. We don't. care about you guys and your health and safety. Please be safe. Don't uh, drink and do- drive. Don't get into narcotics or amphetamines or any of the other things that you could potentially do. Instead, there. eat as much candy as you want. Rot your teeth out and make yep. your dentist stupid wealthy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Good dentist, like he's like, um, <laughs> you're gonna disagree with you just like slightly, but um, drink, I drink some water. Yeah, <laughs> drink some water. Maybe brush your teeth. Uh, but do eat all the candy. As a as two women who are very very serious with our sweet tooth, please mm-hmm. eat all the candy. Drink all the ciders. Particularly warm ap- spiced apple cider, Ooh, yes. or some um, mold which is wine. my favorite. Mold wine in Abby's case. Make your own. Do it big. Um, watch all the spooky films. Do all the basic bitch stuff. Carve your pumpkins. Wear mm-hmm. your flannel. Mm-hmm. Take pictures in a pumpkin patch. Tag Why us not? In them. Life is short. Tag us in them and really just live your best life. Mm-hmm. I'm all here for that. I love it. And on that note, thanks so much uh, for joining us. And don't forget, we're watching.